Good morning. Man, it's great to see everyone here this morning. I know we've got a lot absent that are traveling or sick, but it's so good to always see so many of you here. And uh, I want to welcome all of our visitors and guests. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we're so glad that you're here. If you have any questions about what you've been a part of today, you can always come up and talk to me, and I'd love to talk to you more about the church here at Central. I also want to welcome those of you who are joining us live online. We're always glad to have you guys a part of our worship. I want to give a shout out to Grant Dayton. I talked to Grant yesterday and he said he was going to be watching today. And the Williams family, they texted me this morning. They're sick and they said they were going to be watching today. So just want to say hello to them. And again, we're just so glad that you're worshiping with us today, whether you're here in person or whether you're worshiping with us online. I want to just say to Derek, man, you did awesome last week. Yeah. Derek, I was talking to Ms. Carol about you. Ms. Carol uh, Dowdy, she was talking about what a wonderful job that you did. And you did, man, you just did a phenomenal job. She said, he wasn't nervous at all. And I said, no, he was. He told me he was, he was nervous, but man, you couldn't tell it. He just did a great job. And so we're just so proud of you, Derek. I want to get started this morning with a new series and really to open everything up. I got to tell you a story from probably three, four, maybe even five years ago. I was over at Brian and Stephanie Taylor's house for a Super Bowl party. And I can't remember, guys, if that was our small group or, okay, it was our, our small group. I, I couldn't remember. But anyway, the topic that came up as we were watching the game was Tom Brady. And someone said, Tom Brady is the GOAT. Well, someone spoke up and says, what does that even mean? And Brian, I'll never forget, Brian looked at me and he said, Slate, you know what that means, right? And, and I had, I'd heard that phrase so many times, Tom Brady is the GOAT. But I looked at Brian, I was like, honestly, I said, I don't. I don't know what that means, which probably tells more about my age. And Brian just went on to explain that it's an acronym. It means the greatest of all time. He said, Tom Brady is the GOAT. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Nick Saban is the GOAT. He is the greatest coach of all time. Or some of you may say Bear Bryant or, or whoever. But anyway, we didn't come here today to discuss Tom Brady or Nick Saban. We came here today to talk about the real GOAT the real greatest of all time, and that is God. Let me just share a few passages with you. Psalm 90, verse 2. Oh, man, my lesson just got all mixed up. It's okay, it's okay. Um, we, we had some switching around this morning, so, so things went back to where they were. But I was going to put some of these up on the screen for you this morning. I'll just go ahead and read them to you. You can write them down in your outline and go back and, and look at them yourself. But 1 John chapter 3, verse 20 says, 
Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. And He knows everything. John chapter 10, verse 27, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Psalm 130. 5, verse 5, I know the greatness of the Lord, that our Lord is greater than any other God. 1 John 4, verse 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them, but the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Job chapter 3, or 33, verse 12 says, For God is greater than any human being. Sorry, Tom Brady. Sorry, Nick Saban. Mark chapter 1, verse 7, these are the words of John the Baptist who we talked about not too long ago. Someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater than I am not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. And then John 3, verse 31 Again, John says, He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth and we speak of earthly things, but He has come from heaven and He is greater than anyone else. The greatest of all time is God. And some of you may be thinking this morning, well... I mean, just how great is God, really? Well, let me just admit to you this morning that there is so much about God that I do not understand. Uh, first of all, I do not understand the eternal nature of God. If you look at Psalm 90, verse 2, it says, Before the mountains were born and before you created the earth and the world, you are God. You have always been and you will always be. Notice what the psalmist says. God had no beginning and He has no end. I don't know about you, but that is really hard for me to grasp. That, that's hard for me to wrap my mind around. Because here's the deal. At one point on this planet, there was no slate more. There, there was no me. You see, after my mom and dad had their first two kids, they decided, you know what? We're not going to have any other kids. But apparently, my mom and dad were such good parents that God says, I'm going to give you a bonus baby. <laughs> and we won't call that a mistake. We'll call that a blessing, right? And so Slate Moore was born. But that's what we know, right? We, we know a beginning and, and for God, the Bible says there, there was 
no beginning. In, in fact, if you look at Psalm 90 verse 2 from a different translation, it talks about how God was from everlasting to everlasting. And that just absolutely blows my mind as I as I think about that, I mean, just imagine, just, just in your mind, think a bit, think about this right now, a life that has no end. Try, try and think about that life that just goes on and on and on and on and, and on. It's, it's eternal. There, there is no end. That's hard for us to wrap our minds around. But what's even harder for me to wrap my mind around? is no beginning. A God who has always been. In fact, this is one of the reasons why I believe in the existence of God. You know, science can try and explain the origins and the existence of the universe through a big bang. And, and listen, I have no problem with that as long as we come back to the question of where did the gases come from? Where did the, the material come from? Where did the energy come from? come from. And the Bible tells us, right? Genesis chapter 1, God spoke and bang, it happened. There is a God and He has always been. He is eternal. He has always existed. And, and that's, again, hard for me to wrap my mind around, but something else I don't understand is the mystery of the Trinity. Right? I, I'm sure that most of us have some sort of concept, probably, of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been to church and you've seen someone baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Or, or maybe you remember the old hymnal, Holy, 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 God in three persons, Blessed Trinity. Or, or maybe you're not a churchgoer at all, but at least you're probably familiar with the old Don McLean song, American Pie, the three men I admire the most, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. They caught the last train for the coast the day the music died. I think most of us have the concept... But, but to try and really understand that, that the Father is God and that the Son is God and the Holy Spirit is God, that's, like, that's hard for me to understand. And, and I've heard all kinds of analogies. I've, I've heard people describe it like this. Well, Jesus is the core and the Holy Spirit is like the meat, and, and God is like the outside encasing, and, and, and they're, they're talking about an apple, right? The core of the meat and, and the outside peeling or the outside wrapping, it's, it's three different things, but they all represent one. Or, or I've heard people talk about water and how water, you know, can, can be in the form of ice or steam or liquid, but they're all the same thing. And, and some people even try and define the Trinity by using Neapolitan ice cream, right? Where God is the chocolate, 
Jesus is the strawberry and the Holy Spirit is the vanilla, but it's all one ice cream. And it's like, how in the world do you reduce God down to ice cream? Right? God is greater than anything we can begin to describe or comprehend. Which really leads me to something else I don't think I will ever understand about God. And that is why He's so interested in me. The psalmist struggled with this as well. Psalm 8 verse 4, he says, What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. But he does. God loves us and and God cares for us. In fact, this is how great our God is. God is greater than our circumstances. There may be some of you today who are dealing with really big circumstances, overwhelming circumstances. And there are some things that I want to share with you that you need to understand about God. And here's the first, God knows our circumstances. Psalm 147 verse 5, the psalmist says, How great is our Lord! His power is absolute. His understanding is, why church? Beyond our comprehension. How many of you have ever thought to yourself, man, I've just got a lot going on. And and, and I just wonder if God knows about it. I, I just wonder if God understands what I'm going through. And the answer is yes. God knows our circumstances because God is, and this is a word you've probably heard before, He's omniscient. And and that just simply means that God has a perfect knowledge of all things. In other words, you don't throw God a surprise party. He already knows. Right? And, And God doesn't... God doesn't have to go back and remember anything because He doesn't forget. And and God doesn't have to project Himself into the future because God already knows the future. And so no matter how much knowledge we gain, we will never, ever know more than God. God has complete comprehension of all things. Geology, zoology, biology, meteorology, anthropology, psychology, theology. In fact, look at how God describes Himself. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 9. As the heavens are, what church? Higher than the earth, so are my ways... Higher than your ways and my thoughts, higher than your thoughts. What's the distance between God's thoughts and our thoughts? 
What's the distance between God's wisdom and our wisdom? His understanding and our understanding. You see, here's what we want, really. I mean, if you boil all this down to God, I think what we want in God is a God that we believe can do anything. He is so big, right? Nothing is impossible for God. Amen? But here's the temptation. Oftentimes we want to shrink Him down to where we want to understand everything that He does. You ever thought to yourself, I, I just, God, I don't, I don't understand. I I mean, you could have done this, and you should have done this. If I were God, if I was sitting in your place, I would. And, and so what we have is a problem of I want a big God, but I want him to be so small that I understand him, and we can't have it both ways. What's the distance between his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding than ours? The Bible says, as the heavens are higher than the earth. Well, how high is that? Well, in Mark Batterson's book, The Circle Maker, he talks about how high the heavens are. He says, the universe is so large that it requires quite a large measuring tape. The basic unit of measurement in the universe is what's called a light year. Now, let me just share with you some facts about about the light year. You may want to write these on your, your outline. Light travels at the speed of 180,000 miles per second. What that means is by the time you snap your finger, light has already traveled around the earth six times. Okay, so, so stay with me. Now, we live in a little galaxy. The earth is nestled in a little galaxy called the Milky Way galaxy. And scientists tell us that it is filled with billions of stars. But see, the Milky Way galaxy is not the only galaxy. They estimate that there are over 80 billion more galaxies in the universe. Not stars. Galaxies. In fact, they say that there is enough galaxies that everyone on planet Earth could have ten of their own galaxies. In other words, the universe is big. Now follow me. In one minute, light travels 11 million miles. In one day, light travels 16 billion miles. In one year, light travels 5 trillion 865 billion 609 696 million miles and that is just one light year. And what they estimate what what these astrophysicists estimate is that if we were to try and and travel across the universe they're estimating that it would be somewhere around 15 billion light years away. 
which is virtually impossible to imagine. And God basically says that's the distance between your thoughts and my thoughts. In other words, our best thoughts on our best days fall at least 15 billion light years short of how great and how wise our God really is. But here's a really great thing, and, and most importantly, God knows and He understands our circumstances. He knows all our needs, whether it's our emotional needs, our physical needs, our spiritual needs, our, our financial needs. He knows uh, our habits. He knows our hurts. He knows our hang-ups before we even tell Him. Heard about a, a wealthy grandfather who was going deaf. And so he went to an ear doctor and the ear doctor fitted him for hearing aids. And the doctor said, man, your family is really going to love this. You're, you're going to be able to hear everything from here on out. Well, uh, the, the grandfather, he leaves. And a month later, he comes back for a routine checkup. And he meets with the doctor again. And the doctor's so excited for him. He says, how are you hearing? He says, great. And he says, man, he says, I bet your family is absolutely loving this. And the old man says, well, Doc, I, I haven't told my family. He said, for the last month, I've just been sitting around listening to everyone's conversations. He said, in fact, I've changed my will four times. <laughs> but I think so oftentimes, we're like that family. We don't know that anyone's listening. We don't know that anyone's watching. But our omniscient God knows what we're going through. I love Psalm 58, verse 8. The psalmist says, you keep track, he's talking about God, of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. And the imagery there is that God knows what you're going through. He enters into your situation. Luke chapter 12, verse 7 says, And the very hairs on your head are numbered. In other words, there is nothing off record with God. Now, we're tempted to think, well, no one knows what my family's going through. No one knows the depression that I feel. No one knows the, the loneliness and the hurt and the brokenness that I'm dealing with. And, and I'm here to tell you, God does. God knows. But not only does He know, God is present in our circumstances. You see, God is also, and you may want to write this down, He's omnipresent. Which means that He's everywhere. In fact, look at how Jeremiah describes him in Jeremiah 23, 23 through 24. He says, am I a God who is only in one place? Asks the Lord. 
Do they think I cannot see what they are doing? Can anyone hide from me? Am I not everywhere in all the, what church? Heavens and earth, ask the Lord. I love how David puts it. Psalm 139, verses 7 through 8. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. And some of you may be thinking, well, Slate, does that mean that God is just so big that we get a piece of Him wherever we're at? Like if I'm up in Canada, I get a little piece of God. Or if I'm over in Europe, I get a little piece of God. Or, or if I'm in Polk County, you know, I, I get a little piece of God because God is just so big. No, God's complete essence is fully present in our circumstances. In fact, God is with us in our circumstances right now. Now, we've had several within our congregation that's lost loved ones. Over the last year, even, even over the last couple of weeks. And do you know what they need? They need to know that God is with them. Some of you... In your spiritual journey right now, you're having trouble seeing God because of all the storm clouds, because of, of everything that you've been going through, and, and, and you've just been wondering, is, is God really with me? Because, you know, I've been praying, and I've been praying, and, and I've been praying, and it, it just doesn't seem like my prayers are getting beyond the ceiling. And you know what? That's okay. They don't have to get beyond the ceiling because God is with you right now. He doesn't just know what you're going through. He's present with you. The greatest of all time knows our circumstances and He's present in our circumstances. But let me leave you with one last thing. God can empower our circumstances. You know what a person who checks into a rehab has to admit, and I know this because Julie and I both worked in a, a drug and alcohol rehab. They have to admit, I can't do this in my own strength. I don't have the power to change my situation. I am powerless over my circumstances. Oftentimes, we really don't receive the power of God because of our own pride. Because of our own thinking of, you know what? I can handle this on my own. I can do this on my own. I don't need God. And if that's where you at, you're at, you just haven't hit bottom yet. I love how Jeremiah describes God. Jeremiah 32, verse 17. O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. In other words, Jeremiah says that God is also omnipotent. God is all 
powerful, but what's hard to really get across in our mind is just how much we need that God at times, right? Because in our minds, we're, we're tempted to think, I can do this on my own. I can handle this myself. But we're powerless without God. Let me ask you this question. How many of you would prefer that God would empower us in advance of our circumstances? How many of you would like to have the power of God before a crisis strikes? And I think that's oftentimes where we don't understand. It's like, why didn't God just keep this from happening in my life? And what we have to understand is God's way is to give us power along the way. I think a great example of this biblically would have to be Moses and the children of Israel. Remember, God led them out of Egypt. He freed them from slavery. And He leads them by cloud to the Red Sea. And when they get to the Red Sea, there's no wave runners, there's no boats, there's no bridge to go across. And as they look back over their shoulder, guess what? The Egyptians are pursuing them. And they're thinking to themselves, man, we're fixing to be slaughtered. And so they began to cry out to Moses, and, and Moses says, whoa, 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 whoa. He says, don't panic. I've, I've talked to God, and God says, listen, everything's okay. He says, just keep marching. Just keep walking. Exodus chapter 14, verse 15, just keep trusting. And as we move in faith, He's going to display His power along the way. And Moses steps forward as the children of Israel walk. And he raises his staff, and God, through his power, divides the Red Sea. And he allows the children of Israel to walk across on dry land, and as the Egyptian army begins to pursue, God closes up the Red Sea. God displays his power along the way. He does it step by step, day by day, as we demonstrate faith that He will make a way. It may be that there are some of you right now, you're, you're going through some things from a circumstance standpoint. Maybe, maybe it's an addiction or, or maybe you're struggling with some, some sin in your life. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's, it's pornography. And you're thinking in your mind, I don't have the strength and I don't have the power to overcome this. Or maybe it's an ungodly relationship. It may, it may, need, it may be that you need to pack your bags and you need to move out. Because you're in a relationship that doesn't honor God. And you know that you need to get out, but you may be thinking, I, I know this doesn't honor God, and I know it's wrong, but I don't have the power. I don't have the strength. And, and God says, just keep walking. Keep walking in the right direction, and I will give you the power, and I will give you the strength. 
Philippians 2.13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Philippians 4.13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me what church? Who gives me strength. Keep walking. Trust God. I want to close out with a story, and I know all my PowerPoint slides are all mixed up, so I gotta, you're going to have to bear with me as I skip to what I want to get to here. But I want to close out with this story. This young man right here, uh, Jameson Jr., he was 10 when this happened. He's, I think, now 11. This happened just the other day. You guys may have read about it. Barbie shared this story with me because she knows the family personally. But this young man and his family, they were in the Florida Keys, and they were snorkeling around uh, a, a shallow area and this young man he was on uh, one of these tubes uh, just kind of floating around when an eight-foot bull shark came up and grabbed his leg and what's really awesome is he began to scream Jesus will save me Jesus will save me and and eventually the shark comes off and and the family jumps into the water. They grab the little boy. They get him in the boat. They rush him to shore where he is airlifted to Miami, to the women's and children's hospital over there. And Jesus did save him. He lost his leg or part of his leg, but he was saved. But this is what absolutely amazed me as we talk about how God will empower us along the way, who empower our circumstances. Imagine, if you will, you're 10 years old, you're flying in a helicopter to Miami, your leg is so badly injured, and as you're flying, what would be going through your mind? How would you respond? How would you react? You know what this young man was doing as he was being airlifted to my Miami? He was asking the nurses and the doctors on the helicopter if they had a relationship with Jesus. <laughs> How do you do that? With such terrible circumstances. And, and he just begins to talk to them about salvation and love and forgiveness that you can only find in Jesus. And if that's not the power of God in some really terrible circumstances, I don't know what is. And I'm just here to tell you this morning that no matter what you're going through, God can empower your circumstances. We serve a God who can take ash and he can turn it into something absolutely beautiful. And it may be that there's someone here today who you just need the presence of God in your life. You need Jesus to save you. And I want you to know that he's here. 
He knows what you've been through. He knows where you're headed. He knows what your future is. And, and, and he's saying, just, just come to me. Just walk in my direction and I'll give you the strength and the power to be everything that you need to be. And so if you need to respond, whether it's for prayers or, or whether it's to put on Christ in baptism, having all your sins completely washed away, I think that's the greatest miracle of all, that even though we have so many terrible things that we've done in our past, through the blood of Jesus, today we can be forgiven of anything and everything we have ever done. That's the power of the blood the power of Jesus. And today, if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, you can come forward or you can see me afterward if, if you want this to uh, be more of a private matter and we can talk further. But if you need to respond, won't you come as together we stand as we sing.